welcome to God's Word for us that come. Ghana's online Christian station. Be blessed as you listen to messages on the site. Welcome to a powerful encounter with the Word of God. Brought to you by Eastwood Annabelle. I'm bringing you a prophecy. Only that is a, it's a, it's a strange prophecy. Because uh, the prophecy is captured in the book, Remember the Sabbath Day. Remember the Sabbath Day. Remember the Sabbath Day. But I know we shall remember the Sabbath Day. We'll remember. A revival will make us remember. We will remember the Sabbath Day. And when I say the Sabbath day, I'm not talking about a, sun, a Saturday. I'm talking about either a Sunday, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or a Saturday, depending on the country you live in and your statutory holiday. Because if I lived in Iran, my Sabbath day may be a Friday and not even a Saturday or a Sunday. So the particular day is not as important as the fact that out of the seven days in the week, you have to separate one and serve God. And I tell you, you can never talk about revival without talking about carving out a Sabbath day from the week. When the true revival comes, there will be a day in which you can do nothing apart from serving God. You check in the Old Testament in particular. Anytime God was talking about revival, restoration in the land of Israel, anytime God was talking about you've gone out of the way and you must come back, God went back to emphasize the Sabbath day. There is no time he called Israel to repentance without putting emphasis on the Sabbath. And I tell you, I see a revival coming. Throughout the world, I see a revival coming. I see a revival coming. I see an unction, an anointing, a power, a wave of glory. I see the glory of God fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. I see the knowledge of God cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The time is coming. When the revival hits, on Sunday... You can do nothing apart from worshiping God. You will try to do your secular work and it will not be possible because God has touched your heart. Now look at the story in the book of um, Jeremiah chapter 17 and God is talking to the people about the Sabbath. The Bible said, Thou saith the Lord God unto me, Go and stand in the gate of the children of the people and whereby the kings of Judah come in and by the which they go out, and in all the gates of Jerusalem, and say unto them, Hear ye the word of the Lord, ye kings of Judah, and all Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and that enter in by these gates. Thus saith the Lord. Take heed to yourselves. Bear no burden on the Sabbath day, and bring 
it in by the gates, nor bring it in by the gates of Jerusalem. Neither carry forth a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day. Neither do ye any work, but hallow ye the Sabbath day as I have commanded your fathers. But they obeyed not, neither inclined their ear, but their neck stiff, that they might not hear, nor receive instruction. Where we are now is that we have a stiff-necked generation. A generation that doesn't want to hear anything. You stand at the gates and you speak the word and it doesn't go anywhere. You call them to worship and they don't respond. They come to church grudgingly. The word of God is preached and by stiff neck we are in disobedience. But I see a time coming and it's a time of a revival. When God will touch the hearts of men and our hearts of stone will be turned into the heart of flesh and the spirit of God will move upon us and you will not know what will happen to you but suddenly you will be charged in your spirit, you will be charged in your soul. Your flesh will want to respond to God. He said in that day it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass. In the day of the revival it shall come to pass. In the day of the restoration it shall come to pass. In the day when the spirit is moving like a deluge upon God's people, it shall come to pass that we will diligently hearken unto the Lord and we will bring no burden through the gates of the city on the Sabbath and we will hallow that day and we will do no work on that day. Then shall there enter into the gates of these cities kings and princes sitting upon the thrones of David riding in chariots and horses they and their princes and the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and this city shall remain forever and they shall come from the cities of Judah and from the places about Jerusalem and from the land of Benjamin and from the plain and from the mountains and from the south bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices and meat offerings and incense and bringing in sacrifices of praise unto the Lord. So God is speaking about the revival that is coming and the restoration of the Sabbath. And he said at that time the people that would not hear anything about the Sabbath, suddenly, suddenly, they will begin to listen to God and they will bring no burden into the city. Bringing burden into the city in the Sabbath means that you were not supposed to carry burdens into the temple and you were not supposed to carry heavy weight into the city. But the Lord told me that the burden in these last days is not the burden of carrying physical weight. But that when the revival comes and we go through God's city, we shall go into God's presence without any burden on our head. I see a time coming prophetically when we will come into God's church without our personal burdens. No burden of sin, no burden of sickness, no burden of bondage, no burden of confusion, no burden of marital yoke, no burden of marital confusion, no burden of frustration, no burden of unemployment. I see you coming to church one day without any stress, 
may you have stress free Christianity where the cares of this world have not become a burden on you listen to me many times when we come to church we carry burdens the burden of sin the burden of confusion the burden of depression the burden of oppression but when the revival comes there will be no burden I remember when I was a young boy and there was a revival. I didn't have money to pay my school fees. Sometimes I didn't have a house to stay in. I was living with friends. But because of the revival, I never went into church remembering I didn't have food to eat, remembering I didn't have accommodation, remembering I didn't have school fees. Listen, the zeal of the house of the Lord had consumed me so much that any time I went into God's presence, I carried no burden with me. May you not carry burden with you into the house. We enter our churches, and what we see these days is that you enter the churches and you realize that people are carrying burdens. The burden of sickness, burden of sin, burden of depression. Unemployment is eating them up. But I see a time coming. No burdens. I said, No burdens. I said, No burdens. God is about to take away those unnecessary burdens and make sure that by the time you are entering this door, there is no sin on your life. There is no depression on your life. There is no confusion on your life. I see that revival coming. He said, on that day, they will bear and bring no burdens through the gates of this city on the Sabbath. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Anything that is a hindrance, that is preventing you from serving God in freedom. I hear the word of Jesus. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. May you enter your rest, your Shabbat. Your Shabbat. May you enter your Shabbat. A season in which you are carrying no burden. That by Friday, all your financial needs have been sorted out. All your emotional needs have been sorted out. Every challenge you are carrying in life has been sorted out. And by Sunday, when you are entering the church... You are entering church without any burdens. They shall come in without any burdens on the Sabbath. But they shall hallow the Sabbath day and do no work therein. Do no work therein on the Sabbath. Because God has touched their lives. Because the day is dedicated unto the Lord. Now, watch this. Let me ask you. How do you dedicate Monday to the government? How do you dedicate Tuesday to the government? How do you dedicate Wednesday to the government? When we say they shall hallow that day, it means they shall dedicate that day. How do you dedicate Wednesday to the Lord? How do you dedicate Thursday to the Lord? How do you dedicate Friday to the Lord? You, you dedicate it to the government by going to work at 8 o'clock and closing at 5. I don't know about here. 8 to 5. 9 to 5. How many hours? 8 hours. Multiply that by 5 days. How many? 
40 hours. But how many hours do you spend in church on Sunday? Two hours. And when you close the service, how many hours do you spend for the Lord? So in a day, in a week, you give 40 hours to the government and give God about two and a half hours. On the Shabbat, how many chapters of scripture do you read? On the Shabbat, on your own, how many hours do you worship? But I read my Bible and I saw, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. But consistently, we've given to Caesar what is Caesar's, unto God we've given nothing. And increasingly, we are fighting for two-hour services, one-hour services, and online services. It didn't say in the revival you will stay in your house and worship God. He said you will come through the gates of this city. Anytime you don't come through these gates. But you stay in your house for two weeks, three weeks. You are backsliding. You are becoming spiritually dead. But when we talk about revival, we are talking about people that go to church. We are talking about people that go to the place of worship. We are talking about the people that are not fed up with God. We are talking about people that go to church. And when it closes, they say, it's too early. Too early. My he said, if you shall diligently hack him. But I see the world complaining. They spend too many hours in church. And that's why when you come to Ghana, what they say is, we are poor because we spend too many hours in church. The truth is, how many hours do we really spend in church? You mean the three hours we spend in church and the four hours we spend in church is making us poor? You mean the all-night prayer meeting we attend is making us poor? Then what does all-night clubbing do to people? What does all-night adultery by a man in another woman's house, what does it do to a nation? All-night prayer meetings are not the greatest evil that ever happened to mankind because people do other things that are terrible all night. What about all-night witchcraft? Have you controlled the witches that fly the whole night? Have you controlled the people that, that practice occultism in the night? The devil wants us to stop us from praying, from congregating, from coming together. But the Bible said, as you see the last days approaching, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Am I talking to somebody at all? Take it to yourselves. Bear no burden on the Shabbat. Now bring it in by the gates to Jerusalem. In the name of Jesus. When the revival breaks loose, you are coming through these doors without any problem. 
And on Sunday, when you are getting to get ready, getting ready to come to church, God is going to say, you know what, what? My command is that they should not come through these gates with any burdens. So I will make sure they don't have a burden. No mental burden, no emotional burden, no spiritual burden. So that when they go into the house of the Lord, the Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And when you come into God's house, you are free from every form of encumbrances in order to serve God. How about coming to church on Sunday? And they ask you, what is your problem? And you say, no problem. This morning, I stand at the gate and I prophesy. That a Shabbat is coming. What is coming? 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 And the Sunday will belong to God. We will worship Him the whole day. When we close service, we will pick up our wife and pick up our husband and pick up our children and go back home for another morning devotion. And after that, we will have a meal together. Families will stand together. Demons will not be able to attack families together again. Because we are standing together unto the Lord. And we've dedicated the house to the Lord. You know why the marriages are not working? You know why the children are wayward? You know why the devil attacks us anyhow? It's because we are not even dedicated one day to God as a family. By the way. How many times do you pray with your wife? By the way, Mr. I'm head of my family. How many times have you led your husband, your wife, and your children in prayer? By the way, Mr. I am the head of my family. Where is the book of Leviticus? Where is Malachi found? Where is Habakkuk? Where is Joel? The only Joel you know is the one that works in your office. But the book of Joel, you've never read it. You only know the Joel who walks about with you. But I see a Shabbat is coming. Who wouldn't like to be a Jew? Go to Tottenham. And I think it's on Saturdays, right? The black and white coats. Everywhere. The Jews. They will like you want to be a Jew. Even the beard is enticing. They carry their religion with them anywhere they go. The Muslims carry their religion wherever they go. One day on the plane, the plane was about to land. There was a Muslim on the plane. It was a time for prayer. The Muslim went to the back of the plane, sat down, and started doing his own thing. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. And all the rest of us were watching. What about you? By the time the plane is landing, you are calling for another glass of wine. That is who you are. An unrepentant backslider who has no intention of ever changing. But we call for a revival and a revival is coming. 
A pastor was sitting in the plane. And he saw a man sitting with him in the business class. And the man was naked. They brought him food. The man said he wouldn't eat. The pastor was watching him. They brought him water. He said no water. In the midst of the flight, the pastor couldn't help it. He went to this man. He said, I think you are a Christian because you are fasting. The man retorted, I'm not a Christian. Don't even call me a Christian. I'm a satanist. And the whole of today, we are not, we are not eating. We are fasting and we are chanting and we are charming. We want to kill Christians. And today is a global day of fasting. That was a satanist. But Christians were on the plane. Sandwich. Why? Brodo. Obikradi yosi mamedokun. In the plane. That is who we are. A group of people that are pretending want to take over the world. A people that are pretending they want to take over the world. But they don't want to pay the price. But Brother Israel said, a revival is coming. I didn't suggest it. I made a statement that a revival is coming. Then shall there enter into the gates of the city kings and princes sitting upon the throne of David, riding in chariots and horses, they and their princes, and the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and this city shall be made holy. Come on, shout. This, this, is, this is the place of the message I want to bring into your spirit. That on the Shabbat, the kings and the princes and the inhabitants of Judah shall come through the gates of the city. The kings, the kings, the kings and the princes in the Shabbat, the kings and the princes will go through the city and will enter the temple on the Shabbat. I was coming to church today and I'm looking at the houses, the nice houses. And I could tell that the kings and the princes, the big men and the big women are not in church. At this time of the day, they are in their houses watching television and doing their work, playing golf, swimming. Recovering from the stupor of alcohol yesterday. The kings and the princes. Where does the mayor of London go to church? As far as the little information I'm concerned, none. 
is that he goes to the mosque. But I can tell you that he's a mayor. But he will go to mosque and pray like a Muslim. But if he had the tag of a Christian on Sunday, he may not even go to church. Where are the princes and the kings? Sometimes, when you need them most in the church, they don't come to church. They don't attend revival. They don't attend fasting and prayer. They don't go for a meeting that they're dedicated unto God. Something like a convention. They don't attend. They, those kind of princes and, and, and kings in our churches, they may appear in the church on a, on, a, on a special day, like Christmas service. They may appear at an Easter service. They may appear at a watch night on the 31st. But Sunday by Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, you don't see them in church. Sometimes, some of us are just too big for church. But when the revival comes, our kings will come to church. The mayor will come to church. The queen will come to church. The prince will come to church. I pray in the name of Jesus that the kings and the princes and the queens and the the princesses will find themselves in church. Can I tell you something? There are people listening to me now who on Sunday night, today, with an anointing service, they will not come. They are the kings and the princes. I don't need any oil. I don't need any anointing. I don't need any pastor lay hands on me. I am already made. God has blessed me already. I don't need anything else. But when the revival comes, I see managing directors. I see CEOs. I see see kings. I see giants. I see people that are heading companies. I see people that are heading conglomerates of organizations and they are coming to church and they are running to church and they don't care who they sit by. They will come and sit with the rest of us. They will be ordinary with that like the rest of us. When you pick up the anointing oil, that CEO, that rich man is the first person to get to the front of the altar. I came to tell somebody that when the revival comes, God is not a respecter of persons. And I see people in the day of that revival big and small, professors and illiterate. I see the heads of organizations and laborers in an organization. All of them are coming to church. Come and clap your hands and shout like your voice is your spirit. Kings. 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 And princesses. When the revival comes, the chief of my city will be in the church. The regional minister of my region will be in the church. The president of Ghana will be in the church. The vice president will be in the church. Am I talking to somebody at all? The revival is coming. There will be so much of God in the church that nobody can stay outside the church.
is killing our churches is when the inhabitants of Jerusalem are in the city, are in the temple, but the princes and the kings are not in the temple. One day I was sitting in a church. A pastor came to me about three weeks ago. From a village. He brought me a budget. Brother Isu, can you help me? I said, what do you mean? He gave me a piece of paper. He's about 70 years old. He's built a church in a village. He can't roof it. How much will it cost to roof? 6,400 and something Ghana cities. That is about 1,100 pounds. He wants to roof it. I told him, I said, Pastor, I can't give you money from the church coffers. Because my finance committee chairman will tell me it's not in the budget. I can't pick it from my own pocket and give you right now. Because I've been doing too many things of late. Then I called the princes of the church. Two of them. I said, Solo, come here. George, come here. This pastor just brought me a challenge. Then I took the letter the guy gave me and I wrote about the names of six or seven princes in the church. And people are known to be kings because I know they have the resources. Help this pastor roof his building. And I told the Solomon and I told the George, contact the rest of them and tell them they should raise the money to roof the building. I was in a crowd when they sent me a letter and said, Daddy, Mission accomplished. We have gathered 7,000 Ghana cities. How do we get it to the pastor? I said, call the pastor to come back to Bogatanga and give it to you. The reason we could solve the problem was because the princes and the kings were in the church. People, our problem is this. The inhabitants are in the church, but the princes and the kings are not in the church. Sometimes, even when they are in the church, their hearts are not in the church. But in the Shabbat, the kings and the princes will be in the church so that when there is a need, the princes and the kings will meet the need. I remember years ago, when Christianity, especially charismatic Christianity, was for illiterates. You never saw university graduates in our church, in our churches. In fact, when we started our church in Bogatanga, my wife and I were the only university graduates. It took years for university graduates to agree to come to our church because they thought they were too big to come to the church. But I see revival. I said, I see revival. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying a revival. He said, I see them coming. And, 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 and what excited me was that I saw that they are riding chariots. Horses. When I read chariots and horses, I said, Bentley's and Rolls Royce. Bentley's and Rolls Royce. I see a time coming. The Benz cars, the Bentley's, the Rolls Royce. I'm not hearing an amen here. I'm talking about proper car. I'm not talking about locomotive. I'm talking about real car. I see you coming to church. 
not with the car you are pushing, but the car that is moving you. Come on, clap your hands and pray. In the Shabbat, you will come to church, and not only will you see big people, but you see big cars. are going to church. Chariots are going to church. Horses are going to church. They are entering the city. Oceans, get ready. Protocol, get ready. Armor bearers, get ready. Greeters of the church, get ready. You will be standing at the gate and the minimum car that will be coming will be a Mercedes. And then the best will follow and the Rolls Royce will follow. And very soon, there will be a building in this property and a helipad will be on it and helicopters will be landing on our property. Come and give a big clap offering to Jesus. In the revival, we shall be like kings. In the revival, we shall walk like kings. In the revival, we shall drive and dress like kings. I believe you've been blessed by this message. For further information, please visit www.eastwoodanaba.com. God bless you richly. We believe you've been blessed by this sermon. For inquiries, please call plus 233-267-6055. Plus 233-267-6055. Or send an email to info at godswordforus.com. Info at godswordforus.com.